It's the 17th of August, 2021. So we establish our hearts that this time right now is a time for training our minds so that they gain some peace. And when they gain this peace, they come together in the state of samadhi. And uh, so we train our minds to gather together and be collectives like this. And when the mind is well trained in this way, then knowledge and wisdom can arise. And so what then arises when the heart has wisdom, what comes from that? There's vimuti, there's freedom. We see that during our lives, right from the time that we wake up, these minds of ours are always receiving um, objects through the six senses. They come in through our eyes and our ears, our nose, our tongue, this body, into the heart. And when these feelings um, come up, then we take them to be me and to be mine in everything we attach to in that way. But do we contemplate these? And do we ask ourselves um, when the mind receives these objects, do we ask ourselves, do they change? Are these things stable? When the eye sees a form, perhaps it's beautiful. Do we contemplate that form, asking ourselves this anichan, as this transitory, as this change? And what about the sounds that we hear, um, the tastes that we experience, the tactile sensations, the odors? Do we contemplate them in this way? So right from the moment that we open up our eyes, in the morning, uh, we can take that as a new birth, that this has been born into a new life. And we receive so many things throughout the space of just one single day. And there are so many things there within our lives. For the laity living at home, you have a house, have a family, a wife or husband, have parents, mothers and fathers, have children. And then there are uh, maybe drivers that we have or friends or people who look after our house. And then we have all the physical possessions, our homes, um, our cars, and our wealth. And all of these have a me and a mind within them, or we understand them as being that way, that these things are me or they are mine. So if our minds don't yet have right view, the samaditi, then they'll always be deluded in this way. They're deluded by these mirages or these, these tricks. And the sense impressions, they deceive us in this way. They deceive the heart. Deceive it into getting involved and, uh, Somanasa, this liking or pleasure, or domanasa, this disliking, displeasure. And when the mind is in this state, 
it never experiences freedom. It's always deluded, it's controlled by its cravings and its clingings, and attaches to things. And it does this throughout every single day. Now if we have good fortune, then we get to know about how to train our minds. Perhaps we have some degree of mindfulness, and we're able to know what our minds are like um, in some way. Knowing whether um, the mind has gone into this dominasa, uh, this disliking. Perhaps we have received uh, an impression through the senses that we dislike, and so the heart responds to that. Or maybe there's something that we like, and then it responds with the somanasa, this pleasure or liking. And so we get deceived by these um, objects of the six senses, and the mind always chases after them. But if we have a mind which has some samadhi, which has some mindfulness, then when it experiences these, then wisdom can arise. And when it arises, then we can gain an understanding of these sense impressions, and we're able to let go although this happens just temporarily. So our mindfulness is able to train our minds to not attach to these things, to tell ourselves that these are just deceptions, things which deceive the heart, and things that just bring us pain and suffering. And so if we contemplate like this, then the dukkha, the stress, the suffering that we experience will get less and less. But what about if we don't train our minds? And then throughout each day, we just experience things in terms of me, and these things that belong to me. And this happens every day, every week, every month, every year. And then in the end, these bodies break apart. And the mind, still in a deluded um, place, will then carry on. And the mind will go and take another body. Because this mind, it doesn't die. The body breaks apart. And the elements of the body return to its former state. And so these elements, they just follow the course of nature. And when the four elements gather together and form this body, then we take it to be a human body. We consider that a human birth. And then we sincerely and kind of wholeheartedly cling on to it. We really attach. But the Buddha taught in his very first uh, sermon, the Dhamma Chakapawatana Sutta, that all things that are of the nature to arise are of the nature to cease. So whether this is physical things or mental things, they all have this nature. And so we should contemplate and ask ourselves, well, what is this referring to in terms of nature, in terms of this being normal? Um, what is that talking about? And so it's normal that things are this way, that they aren't any other way. For instance, a birth without a death, that just doesn't exist. Having something material which doesn't break, well, that thing doesn't exist. Because all things, they have their lifespan. And so, 
we see that everything um, that comes up, even the things that we build, even though we may build them to be strong, to be very large and sturdy, they're all unstable. They will change. Whether it's cars, trains, aeroplanes, you see how they always have to be repaired, that these things deteriorate naturally. And so everything that's of the nature to rise is of the nature to cease. And we don't need to do anything to bring about that cessation. It just happens all by itself. And so these feelings of liking and disliking, they're also of this nature. These two pass away, and they're not something that we can take as being me or mine. So there was one woman who asked a question to Lumbucha, and she asked, when anger arises, well, how do we deal with that? So Lumbucha asked in response, does this anger belong to you? And she answered that, well, yes. She answered very straight, yes, it is mine. And so Lumpucha then said, well, if this anger is yours, well, do you like this anger? Do you want to keep it or do you want for it to go? Do you want for it to never have arisen in the first place? And so she said, well, I don't like this anger, I don't want it. So Lumpucha responded, well, if it's yours, then you need to be able to order it about. You need to be able to tell it what to do. If you don't want anger or fear or love or hate, you should be able to tell these things to go. And if it really belongs to you, then it will listen. That shows that it's actually yours. But if it doesn't listen, if you can't order it about, if it doesn't follow your wishes, that shows that it doesn't belong to you. It's just something that belongs to nature. And so the mind gets deceived by these sense impressions and by these emotions that come up, and then we like them or we dislike them. But if there's a knowledge that's up to speed with them, then we're able to put them down. And so this is the wisdom of Lumpucha, and he had this level of wisdom that he was able to know all of these sense impressions with clarity and able to let them go. But what about us? Uh, us people who are still practicing. What if we can't let these things go? What if we're still attaching to them? We're still attaching to conventions as being me and mine. Well, then we need to train. We need to practice. If we haven't yet succeeded in the goal of the practice, if we haven't yet attained, um, then we have to carry on. And it's only when we attain that we're able to let go of all these things. But if we're not there yet, then we need to try to ensure that we have samadhi that's in a good state so that our minds don't proliferate, so they gather into peace. And in the state, then wisdom can arise that's wise to these sense impressions, and we're able to let them go temporarily. So when we can contemplate like this, we can see all of these things as just being conventions and the heart experiences liberation. And if we see this just one time with clarity, then all our doubts are relieved. So we should set our hearts on this. 
getting to know how these things arise and cease. They just come and they go like this. They're natural in this way. They're just normal to be like this. They're not really anything. They're just something entirely normal. And when we perceive things with wisdom and with right view, we'll see that really this anger, this love, this hate, it's not actually there. And what things would we be angry with? What are we going to have love towards? Because there's no self and there's no other. If we're getting angry at someone, we're getting angry at their four elements, because this body is just composed of these four elements. We love someone, we love their four elements. But their four elements and our four elements are no different. So if we're getting angry at someone else, we're actually getting angry at at ourselves, because these elements, they're all the same. In the body, it doesn't know what's going on. So the mind and the state is caught in this process of suffering, um, right from ignorance, and this leads on uh, to uh, craving and clinging, and then becoming birth, and on to suffering. And this process happens within the minds of all unawakened beings. And when the mind has these defilements, and these defilements, um, or the mind's proliferating upon them, then the defilements, they have sway over the mind. And then it's possible to do things, say things, think things which are incorrect. And when people do that, then others, perhaps, they don't like them. They don't like people who act in that way. They don't want for them to be that way. But when we get something that we don't want, then that's suffering. Or we want, we want something, but we don't get that, then that is suffering. And this is contained within the Four Noble Truths. So when we chant the Dhamma Chaka Pawatana Sutta, this first sermon of the Buddha, now what we're chanting about, or getting to know about, is this suffering. So chanting the sutta, it brings a lot of merit. It's a very good thing to do. But we also need to practice following that teaching as well, uh, following these four noble truths. Um, And this is a very skillful thing to do. So for example, getting to know about suffering, getting to know the cause of suffering, how it's craving and clinging which brings up suffering, and to be really cautious about this. So if we gain something that we like, then when we're separated from that thing, we feel uh, grieved, we feel pained. So Lumpucha, he once said that, say if we have something that we really like in a house, a glass or a plate, for instance, um, something that's uh, made from porcelain or made from crystal or glass, um, then these things, they can break very easily. Or if we have some precious gems, um, these can disappear quite easily. And when this happens, then we experience suffering. So when we gain it, we're happy. But when these things break, or when they leave, then we suffer. And even though these are just very small objects, they can cause us a lot of suffering. 
So we need to try to contemplate this teaching. We chant the Dhamma Chaka Pavatana Sutta and we should contemplate it as well. And really try to, to gain an understanding of this teaching. Why is it that we suffer? And if we're suffering, what that shows is that these sense objects are deceiving our hearts. Our minds are following them, running after them, and they're suffering as a result. So we contemplate that these things, they're not sure. These things are unstable. They're not me. They're not mine. And in the space of one day, we need to contemplate this a lot, reflect on this very often, that there isn't anything that's me. There isn't anything that's mine. Whether we see a form or hear a sound, etc., we receive all these things. And so when we do so, then we contemplate them. So when the external sense media comes into contact with the internal sense organs, um, this is where the defilements arise. But this very place is where wisdom arises as well. So Venerable Sariputta, he was able to gain this wisdom, that he saw Venerable Asaji walking, and faith arose within his heart. And so he followed him and asked him to teach the Dhamma and listened. So he taught that everything which is of the nature to arise has causes, um, which brings it to arise. And when those causes cease, then that thing ceases. At that time, Sariputta was a wanderer, um, outside of the Buddha Sasana, but he was able to see into the Dhamma all the same, see into this nature of arising and ceasing. And so we should contemplate like this as well, trying to gain this wisdom, and contemplating arising and ceasing. And right from the time that we wake up, we contemplate this arising and ceasing, that this body has passed one day already, how this breath that comes, it stays for a bit, and then it leaves. And in the space of one minute, we breathe many times. This comes in and goes out many times. And our hearts, they beat constantly in the space of a minute, maybe 70 times, 80 times. If we have a fast heartbeat, then 90 times. And so this is always arising and ceasing in this way. And also shows us that it's always deteriorating always passing by. That if in one minute our hearts beat 70 times, well then one hour, how many times? In 24 hours, how many times? And what that shows us is that the heartbeats that we have left in this life is constantly reducing, constantly getting less. That with each time the heart beats, that's one less time that it has left to beat. We see how all material things arise and cease in this way. And so we tell ourselves when we experience anything that this is not sure. Perhaps the jewelry that we have, we tell ourselves these things are uncertain. And the vehicles, the cars we have, these things are uncertain. And if we see this nature of uncertainty with clarity, then we see into anicca, dukkha, anatta. It's this nature of change and stress, not self. And then vimuti, freedom, manifests. 
So when wisdom arises, then we experience this vimuti. And when we experience vimuti, then the true dhamma chakra, the wheel of the dhamma, appears within our hearts. So initially we hear this sermon of the Buddha, uh, this bit of dhamma, and then we chant uh, this teaching, and then we come to contemplate this teaching as well. And this uh, contemplation of the Dhamma is Dhamma Vijaya. And we do so until we gain clarity over it. And clarity over the Dhamma Chakra like this. And we can see the causes for suffering right here in the present moment. And we also understand the path that leads us out of that, this path of sila, samadhi, panya, a virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. How this is the way that leads us out of suffering. So in this present day, Many people are very afraid, and they're in the state of fear that they die from this virus. And even though we may be very cautious, um, still some people die. And that's because we need to carry on living our lives. These bodies require food, they require water, shelter, clothing, medicine. And if we're lacking in these things, then our Lives can be very difficult, they can be filled with suffering. So we see how really this body is a heap of suffering, a heap of pain, and we should contemplate it well. And that if we have the good fortune to live for one more day, then this is a great form of merit for us. And we need to try to build up a lot of goodness. Because if we don't build up goodness, then we don't have anything. And then when the time comes for us, to die, then we die without anything. And so we should contemplate this constantly, always be reflecting in this way, how this body is of the nature to arise and cease like this. Always be using our wisdom to reflect upon these things so that we gain an understanding of them. And when our minds come into peace, then we gain this real clarity over these things. And we see how the sense objects, or the objects of the mind are one thing and the mind is something else, that they're separate, able to see how these sense objects, they're not me. And when we understand that they're not me, they're not mine, we don't follow after them and they're not able to deceive us at all. So Lung he gave the analogy of it being like a house that has just one chair within it. And so this is referring to a mind that is imbued with mindfulness and with wisdom and has these qualities of mindfulness, wisdom, samadhi, taking care of it. And so if we don't get up from that chair, then even though guests may come into the house, there's nowhere for them them to sit, so they need to depart. And so these guests are like the sense impressions which enter into our hearts. But if we have this mindfulness, we have samadhi and wisdom caring for the mind, they can enter in, but we see that they're just what they are. They're just these sense impressions and merely that. There's just liking, there's just disliking. These things arise and cease and they don't affect the hearts in any way. But if our mindfulness slips, if we get up from that chair, and then these guests come and take our place, they sit on that chair, And so these sense impressions enter into the heart and they trick us. And so do we see this? 
And we need to be really cautious here. We need to take good care of our minds, not allowing these sense impressions to gain entry, not allowing our mind to attach to them. Because these sense objects, they are the food for our hearts, and it's natural for it to be like this. And so in this state of affairs, we need to train our minds well, and so that they have good qualities within them, they're imbued with the Dhamma. So if we travel along this path of sila, samadhi, panya, of virtue, collectedness, wisdom, or dana, sila, bhavana, of generosity, virtue, and mental cultivation, then we will see the Dhamma. We'll see all physical and mental things as being anichan, as being uncertain, being unstable, and we're able to let these things go. But if we're not yet able to put them down, we need to endure patiently. There's liking and disliking that comes up, and that's due to the sense of self that we attach to. That I like these things, I dislike these things. And so we need to really guard our hearts here, to be aware of what's going on, and then to teach them It's not actually real. These things are just deceiving our minds. These things, they just arise and cease. Like all of the happiness, all of the sadness that we've experienced in the past. Where is that now? Well, it's nowhere. It's gone. It's disappeared already. It's just a feeling. And so these sense impressions, when they come into the mind, um... Even though we may understand this um, initially, or we may understand that uh, with regards to one thing, that it's just a feeling, it's just something that rises and ceases, but then another sense impression comes in and it deceives us all over again. And that's because our mindfulness isn't firmly established. And so we must endure, we must try to cultivate our minds so that they have good mindfulness and samadhi. And as we carry on training in this way, then one day we will understand the Dhamma, or see the Dhamma with clarity. And when we do this, then our lives and our practice becomes lighter and lighter. We understand how all the things of this world must break apart, and there's nothing at all that we can take with us. But we also understand that we need to use these things in our lives to continue on our lives to care for our families. Or for monks, we should contemplate that there isn't anything which actually belongs to me. We just depend upon these four requisites that the laity offer to us. The Buddha, through his kindness and his compassion, are taught. And then the laity or towards the laity, uh, about making merit, about being generous. And so these faithful lay people, they follow the teachings of the Buddha and make offerings to the monastics. And so the monastics, in return, need to train well, need to practice in order to find the Dhamma for themselves. And the Dhamma is something which will bring great joy to our minds. There's this happiness which fills up the heart. Initially, this comes from samadhi that we gain. 
So we should try and put our efforts into this with every day, to not skip out any day, and to always be practicing, doing the morning and evening chanting, doing a lot of sitting and walking meditation, developing mindfulness, cultivating our hearts. And even though it may be tough, even though it may be arduous, we endure with that. In this practice, it's natural that it's something that's not easy. But we just endure. We're patient. We try not to chase after or believe in our emotions. Try not to chase after these sense impressions. We're ones who speak little, who sleep little, who are awake through energy and effort. Always trying to watch our minds, reading our own hearts, so that we can read this or and see this Dhamma Chakra, this wheel of the Dhamma there within our own minds. And when this appears within our minds, then we'll gain the knowledge that we shouldn't attach to anything at all. So may you all set your hearts on cultivating your minds like this. <laughs>